And, uh, you know, uh, next week is Thanksgiving Sunday, and uh, this Saturday we need your help collecting up food boxes if you meet us here Saturday morning at 9.15. We passed out the bags last Sunday, and we're going to pick them up this Saturday, uh, and then, you know, make the boxes and so forth, and get them to where they need to go. And so, um, if you can come and help, uh, that would be uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, if you have a family that you know of that can use one of those boxes, uh, you'll give their their name and uh, address and phone number to Miss Holly, and she'll see that uh, that's taken care of. And um, so this morning, I, I I want us to talk about changed eyes and. Uh, you know, last week we began talking about Thanksgiving and why it's so important that we give thanks. And I hope that you spent some time this week uh, sharing thankfulness with others. Uh, because I think you've probably found it to be true, uh, as I have, uh, that when you're thankful, you can't keep it to yourself. You've got to share it with others. Uh, and, you know, that's a, a testimony of what God has done, but it might be an encouragement to that person, too. If maybe they're going through something, and, and, and you're being willing to be thankful and, and share a word of testimony might just be the encouragement uh, that they need. And so my prayer today is that all of us would have changed eyes, that we would be so thankful uh, because of what God has done for us and in us and through us, that we recognize we need changed eyes. So in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning in verse 17, uh, this morning, it says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of of the enemy, and nothing but shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, uh, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And he then returned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are your eyes which have seen these, which these things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. What an interesting um, exchange between Jesus and his disciples. If you read the verses before this uh, in chapter 10, you find that Jesus had sent these uh, his disciples out into various towns two by two um, to minister in various places. And uh, so they've come back from that ministry trip excited. And, and man, they were, you know, uh, just excited and, and pumped for what they'd seen God do. They said, hey, Jesus, even 
the demons, the spirits, were subject to us in your name. And so they saw God do all these amazing things. And Jesus said, yes, I saw uh, Satan uh, fall from heaven. And I've given you authority over uh, the things of this earth. But rejoice rather instead. Not the power and authority that you have, but that your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. That, in other words, be grateful and understand that what's important is not what you can do, but who you are. And you see, the disciples are being changed as they walk with Jesus over the three years that they uh, ministered with Jesus, and they're growing, and, and their hearts are slowly changing, and their eyes are slowly changing to be able to see the things that are spiritual and the things that God wants to do and, and, and do us. And so uh, I think there's three things that I want us to talk about that we need to be changed to see with our eyes. And the first is that we are, need to be changed to see the battle. And as the uh, disciples came back and returned and said, man, look at what, what we're able to accomplish, Jesus, in your name. Now, uh, that is a wonderful thing. But we need to understand that this world is set against the things of God. Uh, all throughout the Bible, the Old and the New Testament talk about the war, the enmity between this world and God because of sin. And Satan, that old prince of this world, is seeking whom he may devour, Peter says, uh, looking to destroy God's people. The disciples were unaware of this. They were just excited about the ministry. And we mustn't diminish the importance or the wonderful things that these disciples were able to do or the authority that they had and that we have as disciples of Jesus. You see, the Bible says that as we are in Christ, that we are to be disciples of Jesus, that we follow after Jesus, and that we're joint heirs with Jesus, and that we're, we're priests and uh, princes and princesses through the work of Jesus Christ. And that's a marvelous and wonderful thing. And it is true that, that God is more powerful than anything that can come and uh, drives at us in this world. God is more powerful. God will ultimately have the last word. Satan does not have the last word. God has the last word. And so, friends, we need to understand and have eyes to understand the battle that's going on in our world and understand that sometimes the reasons we have difficulties, sometimes it is just because that's the way life is. But sometimes it's because Satan is trying to knock us off course and to stop us from putting our focus on God. You know, if he can divert our attention, if he can get us to give up on our faith, he's won. At least in the short term. 
And so we need to understand that there is this constant battle going on between the things of this world and the things of God. And we as human beings were caught in the middle of it. And if we're not careful, the things of this world are going to pull us down. And that's why it's so important that we remember that, hey, it's not about the powerful things we can do. It's about our name being in that Lamb's Book of Life. It's about us being changed, reminding us that our allegiance is not to this world. The allegiance that we had for this world passed away when we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And it's a wonderful picture of what happens in baptism. When you go down in that water, and our sins are washed away, and we're raised again in newness of life. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It's a wonderful thing to be made new. But you see, the battle is this, is that, and the disciples were, the apostles were fighting this same battle, that they were seeing the things of this world and what they were able to accomplish and greatness, and man, they were getting a pretty big head. And so Jesus had to come and say, understand this, that there is a battle going on. And you need to remember and pray that the Lord would give you eyes to see things and understand and remember the battle that you're in. That there is a battle for your very soul. Satan does not want you to spend eternity in heaven. He does not want anybody to find the benefit of having their name written down in that Lamb's book of life. And yet, Jesus reminds us that, hey, listen, this battle goes on. And yes, he has given us authority and, and God is protecting us and God is providing us. And we must never lose sight of that fact. To understand that God has put us here and he's commissioned us as active duty soldiers. And he's called us to battle against evil and battle for good. And so he says, listen, you need to have changed eyes so that you can see battles, that you recognize that there really is a evil forces in this world and they're trying to defeat you but understand that as long as you're in Christ you're going to win and so the I guess unwritten in between the lines is stay in Christ secondly not only do we need to have changed eyes to see the battle but we need to have changed eyes to see salvation you see what the, the apostles you know, and we see this throughout the Gospels. They are not uh, learned religious scholars. They're fishermen and tax collectors. Ordinary people. Probably a lot like me and you. There wasn't any, they didn't have any great, you know, claim to fame that they were just ordinary common Joes. 
And Jesus called them and said, come follow me. And they did. And so he says, when you came and followed me. And the Bible says over and over again, that's how we are saved. That's how we find salvation is we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary. And anyone, anyone at all that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, nobody is so far out of God's reach that God cannot save them. God can see, save anyone but the problem is, is that unless we have eyes to see our need for salvation, we're never going to find it. And so the most important thing as we relate to salvation in, in our spiritual eyes is that we need to recognize our need for it. And the free gift that Jesus Christ gives it freely to all who will ask it. But then here's the thing, and I think this is what Jesus was trying to get the apostles to see here in this passage. It wasn't about them having these great victories over the powers of the earth. They were to rejoice in their name being written down in glory. But here's something else, that when your name is written down in glory and you have eyes that recognize your need of salvation your eyes also see your family members that are in need of salvation and your co-workers that are in need of salvation and your neighbors that are in need of salvation and those folks in the outermost parts of the world that need salvation. Jesus goes off and he prays and he says, Hey, Father, thank you that you've hidden these things from the, the, those that think they're wise. Jesus says to his disciples, he said, there were prophets and kings that desired to see the things that you've seen. But they didn't. Well, it wasn't the, the, the acts of ministry that these prophets and kings didn't see. Because God's people had always been about trying to do what's right, and minister to others. Even the Old Testament believers, the nation of Israel was commanded to do that, to be kind to strangers and to extend mercy and grace and uh, to reflect God's character. But it was only when Jesus came into their lives that the apostles could really understand what salvation was all about and recognize their need for it and as they were going out into all these cities and they were ministering to people and as they were preaching, yeah, they probably saw some sick people healed. We know they saw some people delivered of some demons. But the most important thing they accomplished on that ministry journey was there were souls that were saved and there were new names written down in glory. Because you see, when you can proclaim there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. When you can proclaim that yourself and you experience that, say, oh wait a minute, I'm glad and Jesus made a difference in my life. There's people all around me 
that need that. That need salvation just like I did. And so we begin and we, we pray and we minister and we build relationships and we share with those folks that they can come to know Jesus the way that we do, that their name can be written down in the Lamb's book of life. We so often miss opportunities that God sends our way because we're not looking. It may be a neighbor that has lost a loved one. Or it might be a coworker that's having car trouble. Or it might be a family member that's battling cancer or some other disease. And we say, yeah, I'll pray for you. And maybe we even do remember to. And we miss opportunities to share God's love and goodness with them. And we miss the opportunity to testify to them. You know what? I've been where you are. And Jesus came and found me. And if Jesus found me, he can find you too. That's the wonder and the marvelousness of the gospel. You don't have to be. And that's why I think Jesus picked the 12 men that he chose. They were not the gifted students of the class. They were the ones that spent time in ISS and detention and were the ones that the teachers prayed every year, oh, I hope that boy doesn't get in my class. And those of you that are teachers know that there's students that are on that list of yours every year. But you see, every person God sends our way is not an accident. We don't encounter folks by accident. And there are times when So we see them as inconveniences or problems. When God, we need to pray and ask God to 
give us eyes to see them as opportunities to share his love. Oftentimes it takes going through difficult things for people to look up and see the Lord. Think about the son a few pages over in Luke chapter 15. You remember that he wasted his inheritance while his dad was still alive. He went out and spent it all, gambled it, partied it, you know, everything else. And he found himself in a pig pen desiring the slop that the pigs were eating. He was so hungry. He had to hit rock bottom before he was willing to look up and say, you know what, I need to go back to my father and ask his forgiveness, and maybe he'll forgive me. Well, the thing is, is that the father did forgive him, and that, that parable reminds us that no matter how far we've wandered away from God, if we'll come back, God will see us on our way back, and we won't have to walk far because he'll meet us the rest of the way. All we have to do is take the first step. May God give us changed eyes to see our need of salvation and the need of salvation of others. That we can be instruments that God would use. And then lastly this morning, not only do we need to be changed to see the battle and changed to see salvation, but we need changed eyes to see the sun. Jesus, in this wonderful prayer, says, Lord, I thank you that you've hidden these things from the religious gurus. And you've given me this ragtag bunch of yo-yos that I want to jerk up by the collar sometimes, shake real good. You've shown it to them. And he's not giving a riddle here in this prayer. He's simply wanting us to understand that we really cannot know God unless God meets us first. And unless God reveals himself to us. But here's the thing, if we ask God into our heart, he will save us. And not only will he save us, but he will live with us and in us. You see, the scripture says that if we're a child of God, we are not our own. We've been bought with a price, Paul says, and we become the temple of the Holy One. So, the, the, the point I think of this is Jesus saying, hey, you know what? Yes, Lord, thank you for the, this, the changed lives of these 12 men and, and for how you're working to call all people to yourself and how you want to bring salvation to all peoples. And Lord, thank you that you allow those that are most unworthy to be used as instruments. Because you see, when we're saved and when we grow, when we read the Bible, when we pray, when we walk with the Lord, what happens? We know Him more. The more we walk with Him, the more we know Him. Guess what? The more you read the Bible, the more you know the Bible. And the more you read the Bible, the more you know the Lord. And so do we do things for the Lord? And does God want to use us to minister to others? Absolutely, he does. 
But in order for him to do that, we've got to have changed eyes. We can't see as this world sees. We've got to learn to see as God sees. We've got to learn to see through God's eyes. God sees spiritual battles that people go through. But he also knows that ultimately God is the one that wins the war. He gives us changed eyes that we might see our need for salvation and the need of the salvation of those that we come into contact with. That we can share the good news of the gospel. And then lastly, that we would be changed, we'd have changed eyes that we would be able to see the sun. That we would see Jesus not as this good moral teacher and not as this man that accomplished all kinds of great and neat things but as the Messiah that was promised ages before he would come. That he would live a perfect and sinless life and then lay that life down on the cross of Calvary. They would be crucified for the sins that he did not commit, but rather the sins of mankind. But though his body would be pierced and his blood would flow out and he would be buried in a tomb, On the third day, he would rise again. And he would be victorious. May we have eyes to see Jesus as he really is. And may we have eyes to see us as Jesus would have us to be. Again, Jesus is not so concerned that we take note of all the great things that we can accomplish. And not the the great titles that we hold as God's children. But Jesus says to us, you be glad your name is in the Lamb's book of life. That your name is recorded, written down in glory. That's what you rejoice over. And friend, can I ask you this morning, As we look and see that book, is your name there? I hope and pray that it is. And if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's there. If you've not trusted that wonderful gift that Jesus gave, maybe this morning's message says to you, Hey, Lord, my eyes have been changed and I see my need for you. But you see, we can't be saved until we recognize that we're lost. This Thanksgiving, we we need to be reminded we once were lost, but now we're found. And here's the thing, for any lost person, Jesus can find you. He knows where you're at. And if you don't know him today, you can come to know him just by calling out to him. And then by receiving that gift, your name will be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. And Lord, we are so thankful for how you work in our life. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to have changed eyes. Lord, that we would have changed eyes that we'd recognize spiritual battles when they come and that we would lean upon you 
and find our victory in you. Lord, we pray that you would help us to see our need of salvation and to be reminded of our constant need of salvation, that we can't save ourselves, that we need you to save us. And maybe there's one here today in person, maybe there's one watching on Facebook that we need to cry out like Peter did when he was sinking on that sea, Lord, save me. And Lord, when Peter cried out, the Lord took his hand and saved him. But Lord, there's some all around us in our families and in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our communities that are lost. And they're headed for hell. Lord, would you help us to see them and may our eyes be moved with compassion as Jesus' were. Lord, may we see you in all your fullness and all of your glory. Lord, reveal yourself to us, we pray. However you need for us to move, Lord, help us to be obedient. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and let's sing uh, this hymn. And God spoke it to your heart and there's a decision you need to make. This would be the right pl- time. This would be the right place while God's speaking to you. Have you gotten those changed eyes? If you have, what are you doing with them? I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome pardon, Because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord today. And we sure are glad you're here. Remember, Saturday, 9.15, be here and help us uh, gather up all that food that's going to be at mailboxes around our neighborhood. Pray that the weather will hold out and it will be good weather that day. And uh, remember, next Sunday, no 9 o'clock service. Uh, We are having Sunday school and 11 o'clock, and then we'll have Thanksgiving lunch after uh, morning service. We need a couple people that are willing to bake turkey, so if you're a good turkey baker, uh, if you'll let me know, we'll... We'll provide, the church will provide the turkey, but we just need somebody to cook it. So uh, if you're willing to do that, let me know.
Uh, God bless you. I hope you have a great day uh, in the Lord. Brother Steve, dismiss us in prayer.